So how has COVID been for you? Uh, it's not been that bad. Uh, are we recording right now? Or Yeah. All right. We're good. just hopping right yeah, in. Yeah, no. Um, it's just really just like chills and uh, cold pretty much. Uh, it hasn't been that bad. Yeah, mine, I had like, I felt like I was swallowing razor blades. And then oh, that, that sounds, was- oh yeah, also like the throat, that, that <laughs> like, uh, when you like wake up, it's like very sore, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's not, it's not fun. I, the, it's mostly gone away from me, but I get like terrible brain fog and I just like, I was trying to write a Substack post yesterday and I was like, wow, I can't uh, form English sentences at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I didn't get any of that or I haven't gotten any of that yet, but uh, a few people I know, they say that, uh, yeah, like their, their brain feels pretty fuzzy and stuff. Um, I mean, that's, that's like a, that's, that's terrifying. I, you know what, if it feels like, um, I don't know if you've ever had this experience of like, if you're in front of like a screen for too long, like whether it's your phone or like on Twitter or something, and mm-hmm. then like, you just start to like, feel like physically sick. It feels like oh, that. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's it's that uh, like you're you just feel kind of weird and like your eyes start getting weird and almost like an ocular migraine sort of thing. Uh, yeah, it's just it's like it's it's the worst it's the worst feeling ever. Um, but anyway, thank you for coming on my. I don't really know if it's a podcast or if it's just some like weird thing I do every now and then. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, oh, no, it's uh, my pleasure. Uh, I. Actually, you were like a weird blind spot I had in my like Twitter knowledge and experience. And I think uh-huh. Radfem Hitler told me who you were. And mm-hmm. you're, I, I really like your your Twitter account. And then I, I read your book after seeing your interview with Justin Murphy. And like you're you're a like very, very insightful person. Like it's, it is a great mix of like satire and then just like observations about the world. Well, thank you. I... Uh... That's a very uh, flattering way to put like a description of me, but uh, yeah, no, I appreciate it. Uh, how would you How would you self describe? Um, I would say like I'm. If I was going to describe myself in the more, most honest way, it would be just somebody who's uh, killing time, um, kind of just like waiting for uh, stuff to happen, and so as I wait, I kind of just. Uh, fill the time with like making stuff that sort of thing whether that's writing or or whatever that's like a like a weirdly like mystical way to describe it (laughs) well how would you what's like a better way to describe what i do you think um well so i i like the way you describe it but i would if someone asked me who you were i'd say like an internet personality who like writes surprisingly interesting books Mm mm-hmm well, that's um, good. I mean, it's better than saying like uh, writes horrible books, or writes, <laughs> you know, stuff that's not interesting. No, like it is actually like um, when I was reading it as a secret, I was like, shit, this is like one of those things that like if it was just sold at the right place would be like like everyone would be reading it. Like it would like instantly uh, go viral with like slightly different marketing. Yeah, if you know anybody like uh, Tucker Max or somebody who can hook me up with some some good publishing. Uh, people that'd be good yeah i wonder like i wonder what what the marketing plan would be like just to like get it into the hands of like i don't know like new york artists or or whatever and then everyone wants to copy them and then suddenly it's in every like i don't know minimalist office in america (laughs) 
Yeah, that would be whatever that plan is. If you can figure <laughs> that out, let me know, and I'll I'll be happy to uh, take advantage of it. You know. Um. So, how long have you have you been online? Like, how did you get gather a a following? I. Uh, this is always a funny uh, funny <laughs> question because uh, really, like, I, so I've been like online ever since I was like young, like teenager, that sort of thing. But that was more. Uh, in terms of development stuff and back when the internet was less social stuff. Um, but I really got into like uh, interacting with other people and that sort of thing in a non like forum base right around like when Gamergate started um, because that was an interesting uh, news story for me. And uh, that was something worth talking about or I thought it was worth talking about at the time. Um, so yeah, so around it's got, that's gotta be 2014, 2015. How old are you? I'm 27. Okay, so you're like still a teenager, early 20s around then? Yeah. Uh, no, so um, yeah, around about, yeah, about like 18, 19, 20, that sort of thing. And so so what happened between then and it's sort of like everyone kind of like vaguely knowing who you are? Or maybe I'm in a bubble. I don't know. It does feel yeah. like you have a wide reach though. Uh, it's just because I've pretty much known um, most people prior to their uh, success or whatever they're doing uh, from that time, from these circles. I've like talked to them in private and that sort of thing. Um, like a lot of, a lot of, uh, funnily enough, people like Milo or like Lauren Southern or, you know, that sort of, like that era person. Um, I kind of ran into them or had interactions with them, whether, whether in public or private, uh, online. Um, and I've just, I've just been around and I've interacted with a lot of people and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. I mean, it's really just being around and active in discussions and then people kind of know, know who you are, that sort of thing. Yeah. I feel, I guess that, that maps with my experience. Like people ask me like, Oh, how do you know everyone? It's like, I'm online 23 hours a day. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Like if you're, if you're uh, in like these circles or these sort of like active discussions, that sort of thing, and and you're participating uh, in a way that's uh, conversational and like willing to actually talk with people, it's, it's very easy to, especially over time, like, so if you think about it, it's like it's been like half a decade. Uh, if you're in a certain area for about half a decade, you're gonna know pretty much most of the people. Um, if you're if you're somebody who um, is able to have a conversation, that sort of thing. A lot of people, um, I think, like that's like a big thing for me compared to a lot of people who've been around probably for a similar amount of time but don't really know many people. Is that most people, the people who are not exactly. Uh, known but they've been around they're very uh strict in like what they believe and who they'll talk to and and that sort of thing whereas for me it's i've always been interested in like having a conversation Uh, whether whether or not i agree with the person is not really relevant it's more is this person willing to talk or, or not talk that sort of thing that's what i like about um the break the rules guys because it feels like they they just talk to like whoever and therefore like they have some of the best insights on i don't know like internet history and internet culture that i've encountered yeah they're really uh, especially like like uh geo is really um willing to talk to anybody that sort of thing so so is um 
sorry, my nose. Um, so is uh, Lev and that sort of thing. But they're 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 a good example of people willing to kind of have different you know opinions and that sort of thing. Um, I think it really it really comes down to for most people they're kind of trapped in this you know uh, whatever bubble they're in, and they like this bubble needs like we need to quote unquote win when there's really no way to win or whatever because it's, it's the internet. You're just talking. It's not like anybody's actually changing the world um but yeah it's uh break the rules people are really really good because they're uh they're willing to there's like certain spots like they can't you can't really have a discussion about um or certain things topics that you wouldn't go wouldn't fly but that's just because you know if you're trying to have uh you know more mainstream people on you can't like there are certain things that are just not uh you know at this point in time uh, to bring up would just be too far you know what are some of those top like what are what are some topics that you wish that they could broach that they that they haven't? It's not really I wish they could broach it because it's there's there's just like there are certain things about society and uh, how things work and don't work and certain realities about certain things that they're just like society has gone to the point where to address them it's uh, it's so like this you know what we take as like a uh, you know, as like a, what's the, what's the, what's the term for like something that like, it's just like a foundational uh, truth. That's like, yeah. uh, you can't really address. And like, if you address a certain thing or if you um, like, if you, like, if you go, if you say, you know, something, if you say, if you just like start a conversation off with this, Oh, everything's ruined. There's no hope. There's no, then you get to the point where it's like, okay, like if you, if you, go with that perspective then what else are you going to talk about you know you know what i mean um because like that just stops all other conversations and that sort of thing so you have to kind of to play along uh with certain certain sorts of uh you know debating um i think tim tim dylan was uh talking about this um with his on his podcast i don't know if, if you're familiar with him he's a comedian um and he was saying basically it's like most of this stuff is like a game and there are people who kind of realize it's a game and there are people who are not, who don't realize it's a game. And, um, just because it's a game, you shouldn't, it doesn't mean you can like, you have to focus on it being fake and that sort of stuff, but it is to some extent, it's all of us are kind of just, uh, discussing things that, uh, you know, none of us are the president or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so our input is not, uh, going to make or break anything you know what I mean I think okay so my sort of like crazy person take is that that's generally true for like most people but Twitter in particular has like a weird amount of influencer uh, a, a weird amount of influence rather on people who actually can make these bigger decisions like I actually think and in some cases like know for a fact that like powerful people pay like a weird amount of attention to Twitter and use it as a way to like move conversations. I don't know like how deep that goes or, you know, mm-hmm. like I, obviously it's not like changing things that like structural things that really matter, like the economy or whatever, but there's other, there's like cultural things that definitely feel influenced by internet trends. That's true. Yeah, no, there are definitely uh, how deep that goes is, is, up for debate um but yeah people who are you know just say in politics or something um they will look at you know 
what gets traction, what doesn't get traction, and then adjust if they're, you know, running for something. Um, the good one, like the, the the competent ones at least, will figure out how to adjust their message based on um, what seems to be the, you know, the, the pulse at, at, at the time, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I do agree, though. It is, it is like a game, right? And I think we're all playing at like a certain level. Um, and folks don't realize that like, the you know, like the bigger problems are the actual structures of society. It's like that we use the internet to communicate at all uh, changes the way we think. I don't know. There's like all these things that seem so like like low hanging fruit that like very rarely get attacked or you know unpacked mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, no, it's it's and I would say it's even more than the the structures. Uh, that's the problem. It's more like the the mechanisms that create the structures like underneath it. But that's like uh, my my own like autistic little uh, pet pet like point um, that that takes a long time to explain. Okay, I won't <laughs> I won't push the issue then. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, your your Twitter is like your is very very funny. Um, I I feel like I laugh out loud at it like all the time. Yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's another one of those things where it's like uh, the the actual amount of uh, impact and influence I can have in like the real world, quote unquote, or you know, in how things uh, play out is very minimal. So that's a that's a good way for me to kind of uh, tire myself out and and uh, express my my opinions uh, or not even my opinions. Sometimes I'll just express stuff. That's, you know, a very uh, caricature manner of my opinions in order to make something funny or something like that. You're, I think you're underplaying it though. Like I, I really think like, I don't know, not to like uh, hammer too hard on this point that like, if you sold out, like you could sell out, I guess is my point. If um, I could, I mean, uh, if, if there, if you know how I can sell out, let me know. Cause uh, I'll uh, take the money. <laughs> I mean, should we brainstorm? Because I feel I like I feel like delicious tacos could definitely sell out. You could sell out. There's like a there's a handful. Of, I even think like Geo could sell out if he if he like played his cards right. I'm I'm like less clear on the how there, but like you for sure. Like, yeah, I'm ready just, to wear like like uh, like hoodies, hats, and have like a billboard or get a tattoo with like some <laughs> logo or something. Like uh, I've I've reached the point where. I've I've given up in terms of uh, authenticity. I'm ready to you know sign up for some uh, billionaire's evil plan. So if you know if you have if you know of any opportunities, let me know. <laughs> I I don't know of any specifically. It just it just seems like I feel like there's always someone who sort of like manages to break out of like the Twitter ghetto, mm-hmm. um, and like I I don't know. I just like have this like like you also have like the right look. Like you kind of look like a you have like a model-esque kind of vibe to you. Thank you. I think that means that's a code for like emaciated and like <laughs> sunken in cheekbones or something like that. No, it's not code for anything. It's, it's, it's exactly, you know, I, I, I mean exactly what, I, what I'm saying. Like you have like one of those faces that like you just throw like a, you know, a color gradient or something over it and, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, get a high quality camera, it, put it all over Instagram. Yeah, that is my plan is to uh, go to Cambodia or like Thailand or something and, and like sell clothes to people there and just use myself as the model and Why? pretend it's like a luxury brand. Why Southeast Asia and not like New York? You know, my plan is not to um, 
not to like succeed in the sense of like become like upper middle class or, or, or rich in America. It's more to uh, maintain my my current status and then move to an area where my current status still is above other people. And then I can um, I can live like a rich person. I think that's a lot of people's dream, but they don't know it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, we're at least I I might be wrong about this, but for me, the 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 way things are and the what you can't say and what you can say and what you have to you know go go along with and and look the other way for around like in the quote unquote first world is uh, getting to the point where it's uh, the buy in essentially for participation in society has become so uh, like. Uh, this off track from like where I stand and where I, you know, what I believe and that sort of stuff, um, that to go to an area, uh, whether that be Eastern Europe or Southeast Asia or something like that, um, or just in the woods, uh, in like a little cabin, that sort of thing. Uh, even if, you know, uh, I can't really participate in society, that's, that's preferable to me than, to have to participate in, in something I, I feel increasingly uh, at odds with, you know? It's it's kind of crazy how, like, we both have, like, this insane sort of, like, enforced social etiquette, um, mm-hmm. as well as, like, there's certain things about, like, the government that you can't really say. Like, it'd be, it would kind of be better if you just, like, weren't allowed to criticize Biden, and but you could say whatever you wanted about, like, I don't know, fat people. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, uh, we have quote unquote, like free speech, but that's all that is, is really just like, uh, you don't know what the rules are. Like, I mean, you can, you can figure out what the rules are, but the rules aren't honest. Whereas if you're in a situation, uh, say Russia or something where quote unquote free speech is not allowed, um, and that sort of thing. All right. So I can't say this sort of stuff. Now I'm going to, no, I, but everything else I can say, and you know, it's not, the you know i don't have to worry about my neighbor or some person on social media you know getting mad at me or recording me that sort of thing it's more um what the government says whereas with here it's, it's more like a soft terror of uh you know oh like i can say this i can't say this or you know is this person going to freak out you know that sort of thing and then like it, free speech is not really a thing uh anywhere um even even like like the trad or traditional people like their like their 1950s 1960s sort of thing like that that wasn't free speech back then it was just the 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 free speech that was allowed like there were like the speech that was allowed was more in line with like the the people who who uh, uh you know support you know going back to that time um like if you were like just say if you were gay or or trans or whatever i don't even know if there were trans people back then i guess they were just cross dressers um but if you were that sort of person then you wouldn't have free speech and uh you know oh i mean like you yeah. you'd get fired if you, like someone thought you were a slut man yeah. or woman yeah uh, and but i think like they don't yeah. want free speech like like they don't they don't want freedom they just want like their version of oppression yeah no, nobody that's a, the thing I think people need to realize. Well, they don't need to realize because it's like, even if they realize it, it doesn't change it or don't realize it doesn't change it. But there, it's like I said, it's like there is really no free speech and there there hasn't been. Um, because if you 
you know, whoever ends up like getting the, the levers of power and that sort of thing, their version of, oh, I have a free speech. I can say whatever I want. Um, is always going to be the, the, they're going to, they're going to say, oh, you know, you have free speech, but it's really, you can say what I like. Um, and, you yeah, know, that's why I like the, you know, quote unquote, more authoritarian uh, setup where it's like, oh, I know, like, I'm going to be arrested if I say this. So I'm just not going to say it. And now I don't have to worry. Now, like, my my brain is not like, um, can I get away with saying it? And I can just move on with my day and, and do other stuff, you know? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you that it's, like, definitely more, there's more freedom when you know where the boundaries are than, it, yeah. like, when people are moving the goalposts all the time. Although yeah, because I do- I'd, rather, I'd rather have a, a situation where... Uh, you know, if you're if, if we're going to be in a situation where uh, it's just like oppressive and authoritarian, I'd rather the the rules be honest and like here's the rules, like don't mess with these rules or pay the price. And then if you mess with the rules, you're doing it on purpose because you know you know you're you're making a stand. Whereas what you have like in America at least is a very passive aggressive sort of oh you can say whatever you want like and then well. No, no, uh, free speech, uh, not without consequences or whatever. Um, it's just like such a passive aggressive, like, uh, just like very annoying way to go about things because it's, it's, it's like, you know, if I'm a slave, I'd rather just be called a slave than like, oh, you're not a slave. You just have to, you know, work in the fields 12 hours a day, uh, but you're not a slave, you know, because when you're, when you, when you, when you're constantly in a situation where it's like, oh, you're, you know, you're free to do whatever you want. This is America. Uh, but don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Then it's like, don't like, just like, give me the self, like respect me enough to be honest about like the, the, the rules and the situation instead of this weird, like gaslighting and just like complete, it's just like a disrespectful sort of like, kind of just like uh dishonesty that i really uh like that's another reason um i write and that sort of thing because with with social with with way with the way things are um and conversations and that sort of thing um everybody's always like oh i want to have a conversation or i want to talk about that sort of thing oh you can you know discuss things but uh when you actually discuss certain things people freak out and they lose their mind and you get accused of a bunch of stuff. Whereas when, with writing, I can just write and, you know, it's not like I have an audience. It's not like, well, I do have an audience, but it's not like I'm writing or having a conversation with somebody and having kind of intellectual stimulation that way. But I, at least, you know, I'm not, um, when I get done writing an essay or done writing something, I have written it. It's done. It's not a, it's, it's more honest to me. Um, like that's a big thing for me is, is the honesty of, you know, social interactions and, with, with writing, it's just one way, uh, but I can at least be very honest uh, when I want to be. Whereas with uh, communicating with people uh, and that sort of thing, at this point for me, uh, it doesn't really feel like I can be very honest with most people, um, that sort of thing. Do you think people are more honest in like text-based communication? Uh, I think they were up until recently. Uh, I think the Trump election and that sort of thing really made it so it's worse now um like there's so much stuff you can't say um whether that's on twitter or on youtube or 
or anywhere really podcasts. There's so much, so much stuff that if you say it, you'll get banned. You know, I have friends who are banned off of PayPal for stuff they said on Twitter. Really? Um, yeah. Um, people who have, you know, been kicked out of like companies and that sort of stuff on, on like blacklists, that sort of thing. Um, people who are, you know, have their, their money frozen, you know, I don't know if you remember like Ricky Vaughn or whatever, but like he made a joke, um, back in like 2016 and now he's being like indicted, uh, for like election interference, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, no, I think, uh, up until recently over text was, was a lot more free, um, because you could say stuff now it's, you know, now it's not even if you say stuff, if you're in a group of, it's like the, the guilt by association with like, with like machine learning sort of things where if you follow people who say stuff that they don't like, you follow enough of them, you're going to find yourself getting uh, censored and that sort of stuff uh, on lists and that sort of thing. We're really like, once again, like I don't, I don't like to be super negative. um, But for me, at least, like what I've seen over the past few years, it's very hard not to be uh, kind of um, negative uh, because it's. Uh, I've seen so many people who are extremely talented and extremely uh, like uh, they're very lucid and very they make very very good observations and they're talented at what they do, but because they're on the wrong side of you know whatever the pet issue is to pretty much just have their life ruined and that sort of thing. And it, it, like, like you said, like uh, for me, like you were surprised that basically like how much you enjoyed the, you know, my writing or whatever. Um, like I'm not the only person, like I, there's a lot of, there's a decent amount of people I've known over the past like half a decade who are as talented or, or you know, very talented and, and or in their own way, whether it's writing or speaking, that sort of thing. And I've just watched them get uh, like obliterated in their, you know, quote unquote, like if it was a fair and level, you know, playing field, they would have, you know, some sort of insanely huge following, but now you, you, they just don't exist because they're, they get banned off everything. And it's the, the only, I would say like the, the main difference between me and, and, you know, uh, those people is not that I'm like, uh, so much better than them. Um, it's more that I managed to stick around and that's not without, uh, having my own, uh, dealing with my own forms of like censorship and that sort of stuff. It's, it's really crazy because I can't tell what, like what will get people punished because there's like certain sort, like I can think of like Instagram or like YouTube influencers who like are saying things that are just as offensive but they're Mm -hmm. so sort of like ineffectual and like aren't going to lead any kind of like political movement or not going to have like any kind of real like psychological or intellectual influence so they could just like they you know they could be as racist or as what like and in some cases they are there it's not like oh that's racist in sort of the contemporary sense of the term it's like they're literally like like as close to being, you know, racist as you can get without just yeah. like flat out saying a slur, right? Yeah. Um, it's so it's 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 interesting to see like who gets caught sort of in the in the net, and then who just like goes on for like decades just saying like wacky stuff forever. Yeah, yeah, no, it's. Um, I think part of that is just technological, like like the formats. So with like Instagram, it's more uh, visual and that sort of stuff, and I think they're 
because they're so they print so like Instagram makes so much money. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's like it's really really huge in terms of like you know advertising and that sort of stuff. So like the focus is more visual and you still get like the people like the meme pages and, and like the political pages that sort of stuff, but it's not really like the focus. Like people, when you say Instagram, people don't think, Oh, right wing or Oh, left wing, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, whereas if you, you know, so, so the, the, the ire of, you know, people worried about, you know, social uh, conditioning or social standards or is, is not really focused on that. Whereas with Twitter, you know, when people say Twitter, like the first thing people think about is, unhinged people whether that's left wing or right wing or whatever um and also another thing is uh twitter is purely like text i mean there's images too but like it's it's a textual medium so i think like they built out the tools for uh like like sorting through data and like inferences through like machine learning of who who are you following how many followers do you have you know who do they follow what's like their you know uh in like a, a network graph sort of thing, like what like ghetto do they reside in and that sort of thing. I think like the tooling is just a, a little bit better uh, right now for, you know, Twitter because that is the most effective, uh, you know, if you want to be relevant in, you know, whether that's politics or sociology or, you know, or commentary, that sort of thing, like Twitter is pretty much the, the only place to go at this point. I, I think you're totally right. And I, I think it's, partially because like journalists kind of congregate there and need Twitter for their careers. Like I was thinking, I, I put this out in my sub stack the other day. Like um, I get like looked at a lot for sort of like my internet history stuff, but like mm-hmm. all of the actually like very good, like robust, like internet archiving, internet storytelling, history, culture, commentary, whatever happens on YouTube. And these people are doing like real research and they have, it's like great analysis and it's just like not taken seriously. And I think it's partially because um, like journalists just aren't on the platform in the same way. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. I think, um, yeah, I I would, like, that's the thing. Like uh, I would, I would definitely agree that YouTube videos and that sort of stuff, like the research, some of the videos are crazy. It's like an hour and a half long, like deep dive into some sort of thing. Um, and then they'll, you know, cross reference a bunch of stuff and like pull up like sources and that sort of stuff. Um, I think it's also, it's just the medium too. It's like, if you're like a, anywhere from like 15 to 20 or whatever, that's like compelling to watch like a video on like, whether that's some sort of drama or some sort of like, um, you know, information about something. Uh, whereas once you start getting into like your twenties and that sort of stuff, it's like, I know for myself, like I stopped watching uh, anything like that. Um, even like, uh, like news related or like info or like entertainment related stuff. If it's like a long video, I just can't sit through it. Um, and I think that might be another thing where it's like, you know, people, once they hit their twenties or whatever, they're generally like in the workforce and that, or, you know, in college and sort of thing. And they they don't want to spend, you know, an hour and a half watching some breakdown of some sort of thing. Uh, I could be, I could be wrong, but uh, another thing too, is like that, like YouTube was a, another big, um, platform, uh, prior to, you know, 2018, 2019, like it was pretty much dominated by like, like Paul Joseph Watson, Alex Jones, that sort of stuff, uh, Lauren Southern, um, until those people got banned. Um, and it's kind of, if you talk to any big, whether or not they're political, it doesn't really matter. If you talk to any big like YouTuber, 
they'll pretty much say like around that time there was a big shift in like the recommendations and that sort of stuff to more corporate like NBC or CBS or like clips from like night nighttime television shows. Um, like I think when, when Susan Wojcicki or whatever her name is uh, took over, they pretty much decided, okay, we're going to, you know, our partners in like traditional media, we're going to kind of highlight them more. And uh, with Twitter, you can't really do that with Twitter. You can't really be like, uh here's a recommend you can but it's very limited like most most of the stuff you're seeing is your the people you follow and who they retweet and stuff whereas with youtube it's much more you watch a video and then what's the recommended video that sort of thing what goes on the trending page yeah there you're much more like an audience member than you are on other platforms for sure yeah i mean like even i think like tiktok is maybe like the first big like you're an audience member platform in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, TikTok is interesting. It's uh, it's definitely, um, I wouldn't say a, a positive influence on, on a lot of people, but uh, it's definitely interesting because it's it's the same sort of th- sort of thing we saw with you know we went from blogging to Twitter, where like the kind of like the the units of communication you know in the form, which is like writing got compressed to a more, you know, rapid, much smaller, you know, space. And that's kind of the same thing with like TikTok. Like you go, it went from like YouTube, which is like videos with, with like an hour or 10 minutes to like TikTok where it's like a video is like 30 seconds or something. But that's not a new, like, it was Vine before TikTok. Like it's yeah. the same sort of thing. Vine was, was ahead of its time. Yeah. <laughs> I remember like, I hated Vine. I was like, I don't get it. And now I'm like on TikTok, like, all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, the difference. I think like the, I I'm not really super familiar with either platform. I mean, I know what they do, but, um, I think like the big difference is the, I think the machine learning and like the recommendation engine for TikTok has gotten, is like insanely good. Um, after a while, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. I think that's, that's part of why there's like, like a really like vibrant, like psychic scene. Um, not because like these people are necessarily actually mystics of any, I mean, they might be, who knows, but it's because the recommendation algorithm so good that mm-hmm. the illusion that this tarot card reading is really for you, um, potentially can be very strong. There's like not, you know, not everyone will hit, but like if they could figure out that like you're pregnant and like, you know, would love to see like, you know, nursery content, they also can figure out like which tarot card reading is going to resonate with you the most, which is really crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, uh, whether or not it's a good thing, is, it remains to be seen. Uh, I kind of, I think it's, uh, I don't know. I'm not like, I think with Twitter, you can at least make the, you know, the argument that like the, the barrier to entry for like sharing information is so low that it, th- there's some benefits. And I think we definitely saw that like over the last two years with, uh, you know, s- stuff about COVID and that sort of stuff. Um, you know, there's also like the, the Q and on stuff, which is funny, uh, which might not have been too beneficial, but it was still very funny. Um, the, like with, with like Twitter, you can definitely argue for the benefit of that. And that's that's honestly why Twitter was invented, which is, uh, I think it was, I'm pretty sure the Arab Spring was like a, a sort of, um, I don't know whether your audience will think it's a good thing or a bad thing or even know what that is, but um, the that was like the 
one of like the selling points of Twitter was like, oh, like this is like a way to get information out um, for people who don't have, you know, a functioning uh, society uh, or a way to get their message out because, you know, the people, the powers that be don't want people to talk about stuff. Whereas with TikTok, it's like the barrier to entry is a bit higher where you have to record your, record yourself talking and that sort of stuff. And it by default kind of, because the the production quality has to be a bit higher, it, it seems to be more uh, entertainment, that sort of thing. What's so weird though is that like I the the filter like works in surprising ways. Like you would think that kind of filter would like uh, make it very manicured, maybe. But mm-hmm. I I find it's easier to find like regular or even like below average in some cases people on TikTok because it's like. There's something I don't. I mean, I don't know why. It's just. It's just. I the the people I meet on Twitter tend to be like exceptional in some vertical, mm-hmm. and then on on TikTok, both the people who I've befriended and also just the people who are coming up in my for you page, which is like the main feed, are just like regular, um, even you know like below regular people um, yeah. all the time, which is like really really. I don't. I don't know. It's like really. It's really striking to me. Like, I, I don't think I've had, I've seen this many sort of just like run of the mill people since like before coronavirus, before I moved to the Bay area and was like living in like suburban borderline rural Texas. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, uh, it might, that might be like a more positive reflection on you, uh, than the, the platform because, I think most people uh, probably click off or like that sort of thing. Whereas you might be giving people more of a chance. And because of that, you're then getting recommended, you know, Oh, this, you know, this person likes uh, stuff that other people don't generally like, we're going to show them more uh, of that similar content. Um, So you, you might be getting, you know, because you're more willing to, you know, interact with people who most people would kind of like skip over just because they're looking for, you know, some sort of like entertainment or that sort of thing. Uh, you might be getting a disproportionate amount of the people who would otherwise just not being seen, you know? That Yeah, I don't know. I haven't been able to figure it out. I mean, I do, I, I do think that like that these videos though exist at all and like in high enough numbers where I'm looking at thousands of them a week says yeah. something where I don't like, I feel like on, on Twitter, like, that kind of content either like doesn't exist or is like siloed into like areas where people are only talking to people they know in real life. Like I I feel like there's, there's not a lot of just like regular people with like very like regular concerns in like any major Twitter niche that I've encountered at least like, I mean, they might exist in like certain fandoms. They might be talking about like movies or bands or something or like K-pop. Yeah. Like the supernatural fan fiction or something. Yeah. Twitter group or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a weird thing. Uh, <coughs> dying of COVID. Um, That's right. you, um, you mentioned uh, Lauren Southern <coughs> a couple of times and sort of like that cohort of, um, like, I don't know what to call them, like internet figure. I yeah. feel like they all kind of expired somehow or like, like they still seem to have like, like Lauren Southern in particular still has like a following of hundreds of thousands, but she like, it feels like she's just like completely irrelevant. Oh yeah. Well, it's, 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 I think it's the, it's not just them. There's, they're more noticeable because they're, they had like quote unquote influence or like they had people who thought they had influence. So, you know, de facto they had, you know, relevance. Um, I think it, it's more, 
the whole like that whole scene of like right wing people or people who are like tr- very heavy Trump people that sort of thing. Um, I think like the worst thing that happened for them was like Trump getting elected. Because, I mean, it was good in the beginning, but it's like you know it's it goes back to that that thing I was saying about it being a game where you know it's the same thing with like the Republicans and Democrats like when the when the Democrats are in power, the Republicans will be like, oh, if we get in, we're going to do this, 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 and this. Um, and then when the Republicans are in power, the Democrats are like, oh, if when we get in, we're going to do this, this, and this. And then when e- when either group gets in, nothing really gets done too much. Uh, there's like a little bit, you know, here and there. But like generally the, the, the lot, not a lot, whatever, however you want to say it, like the promises, they get kind of revealed to be like, well, now that I'm in power, I'm, I'm more interested in staying in power than actually uh, making changes or that sort of thing. Or, or I, I feel I literally can't make changes, um, that sort of thing. Whereas with, I think with like the, all the, the whole commentator class on like the right wing and that sort of stuff, um, part of it is like the censorship and, and like the insane amounts of like interference and kind of accusations towards them. Um, but most of it, to me, uh, and I think that this is like the reason I've kind of stuck around and kind of maintained my quote unquote integrity and people don't like, I haven't really had, you know, I've had like, like dumb stuff happen and I've had, you know, I've done dumb stuff. Um, but I kind of maintain the people who followed me, like I haven't really lost their respect because I've never really like, uh, gone along with stuff because it's like, the thing to do in like the group that I'm in. Um, I've been, you know, very consistently like willing to like disagree with things or say, Oh, this is stupid. Um, even when, you know, in the short term it benefits me or benefits, uh, you know, my, you know, quote unquote career to basically say, you know, go along with stuff and kind of lie by omission or tell half truths. And I think that's, that's like a big thing for, any commentator, any sort of like public figure or somebody who, you know, uh, is making any sort of impact or has any sort of platform is that I think most, whenever they get, uh, any, any level of success. So like most, like the Lauren Southern types and the, sorry, and the, uh, you know, Milo types and, and that sort of stuff, or even like the Ben Shapiro types, the, worst thing that can happen is, is they get some sort of uh, like the, what they're hoping for comes true because like anybody who's like honest about Trump or, or that sort of thing would like by like a year or two into Trump's presidency kind of realize that like, this is not like nothing's happening. He's not doing anything he said he would do that sort of thing. Um, and so for the people with like a platform, like, who got like big off of Trump being elected, that sort of thing. Uh, their audience is kind of not, um, there are very intelligent people inside of it, but uh, for, for most people, the way you get a big audience is by dumbing things down and being kind of dishonest and being, uh, you know, very appealing to like emotions, very sensual sort of like uh, rage or, or like excitement or that sort of thing. Um, and I think with like the lore and Southern types and that sort of thing, um, once you have that platform, once you get started, you're getting those donations, you're getting, you know, people, you know, paying for whatever it is you're doing. Um, 
and if you're you're connected to Trump, so like you're you're like the Trump person, and all your all your fans are like Trump people, and you know to then then like criticize Trump honestly, uh, you basically get like eighty percent of your audience just not tuning in anymore because they don't they're not interested in actually like the truth. They're interested in being in like a sports team and being like, let's go Trump. You know Trump is awesome. Uh, Trump is right. Trump. You know look how funny he is, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think that's really the, the flaw with, you know, internet stuff in general is, especially with politics, is like you you can start out being, you know, honest and being uh, kind of, uh, you know, forthright. But once you get a platform, uh, if, you're, if you don't know what you're doing or if you don't like know yourself or whatever, you're going to end up just being a cheerleader for whether it's the Republican Party or a Democrat Party. And uh, like, like somebody like I don't really agree with is like uh, David Pakman. Uh, he's like a, like a neoliberal sort of person as far as I know. Um, but he's like honest in the sense where he'll, you know, he'll criticize both groups or he definitely leans towards like the, the Democrat side of things. Um, but he'll he'll basically call out like, you know, oh, this is a scam or this is a lie. They didn't, you know, he's like a big Bernie guy or whatever. Like they didn't like they didn't come through with this promise. Now that they have power. Why aren't they doing it? And because he's honest about it, he doesn't really he's never really gotten like a huge audience. Um, and I think it's really like the the way the Internet set up is you kind of in order to, to get to that like critical mass of like, you know, uh, a really, really big audience, whether it's like left wing, whether it's like Chapel Trap House or that sort of thing, or like right wing, whether it's like a, a Trump thing um, or like a anti-immigration thing. You have to kind of, like you said, sell out um, and you kind of have to become a cheerleader for some de facto bigger group and join the scam that you kind of started to try to uh, criticize, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think you're totally right. I mean, I think a lot of people go into it like knowing that and like trying to game the system. It's just like they don't really know when to reinvent themselves or like to pivot. Like, yeah. I, I, I want to get your um, opinion on this. It feels like we're at sort of like another pivot point where like if you were doing sort of, I don't even know like what era we're in, but like mm-hmm. whatever the the current moment is, like if you were doing whatever sells now, you sh- you need to get ready to reinvent yourself because like, whatever was selling isn't selling anymore. Like I've noticed, I'm not going to name any names, but I've noticed like a couple of like political accounts be like, oh, is there something wrong with the algorithm? I'm not getting as much engagement anymore. And like that actually might be true. But like even that I feel like speaks to we're getting ready for like a new, a new content era. Yeah. Like in the next couple of months even. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's um, people are tired of, especially with like, so you're not going to name names, but like um, with like stuff that's like there, there was, especially like when Trump was basically get, he got elected and that, he was trying to beat the odds and he was kind of like quote unquote, like the underdog and, and that sort of thing where it was like, wow, like maybe the impossible is possible. You know, maybe the, maybe the, the, the person who goes against uh, the establishment can win we can make a change, blah, 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 blah. Uh, whether or not, you know, that uh happened like remained to be seen but like the the possibility like the potentiality was there and then when trump won the election it was kind of like a see like like we can you know you can dare to have ideas that are kind of you know out there because maybe you know maybe 
you know, maybe it'll happen. Maybe that sort of thing. And people had a lot more energy to basically uh, live in kind of a, like a magical thinking sort of setup where you're like, you know, uh, yeah, once again, I don't want to name any names, but like this, the kind of more out there, uh, quote unquote, esoteric sort of uh, thing. It was, there was a life to it because it was, a sh- it was like, there was a hint that maybe, you know, maybe stuff isn't so set in stone. Maybe it's not like we're not destined to have, you know, Bush versus Clinton over and over and over again. Um, but I think, especially with like the, the last two years with the Corona stuff, um, the establishment and the um, powers that be have kind of shown most honest people uh, who have been around for a while that like, that was an aberration. Like Trump was an aberration. He wasn't a, wow, like things are changing. It was more of a, this person stuck through like a rapidly closing like hole. And that hole has been closed. And this is like the same sort of thing as what I was saying with uh, the kind of being honest with your audience. Um, You can, like you said, like with Lauren Southern, it's kind of, she's kind of irrelevant. And I think that's where most like right-wing people and even left-wing people are, are headed because they made their audience, you know, off of pretty much in hindsight. Like if you look at it, like almost like crazy stances and stuff that like is not going to come to fruition. Um, and now it's becoming increasingly obvious that like uh, this stuff isn't going to happen. Um, and this is like where I broke with those circles uh, a few years ago was basically saying that like this stuff is not going to happen. Like don't try to be a revolutionary. Don't try to save the world or change the world because it's not going to happen. Like stuff is going to get worse and worse, uh, which isn't optimistic. And it's not what people want to hear because people want to hear, yeah, you're the hero. You can save the world, that sort of thing. Um, but it's honest. Like it was my honest uh, kind of, uh, outlook on stuff and i think the little past few years have kind of borne out that yeah it doesn't matter like what trump trump doesn't matter uh he didn't change anything there's no fundamental underlying change that, that is really going to you know say like change the, the course that you know every country's on um it's kind of set in stone in its own like mechanistic way um but yeah like i agree that the and i, and I think that's where the right-wing accounts, especially like the people like the bodybuilders and the, you know, um, the oh, fascism or, oh, you know, oh, uh, you know, beach house nationalism or whatever. <laughs> um, they don't get that anybody who's not like uh, kind of uh, in college or like in high school kind of sees that and it's like, it's not, it doesn't give off any sort of um, inspiring or like exciting message or like anything that's grounded in reality. It's kind of like uh, just the person at the bus stop, like, like mumbling to themselves, like the, and it's, it's, it reminds me a lot of, um, I don't know. There's like, like the person, like the guy who's pretty, he's like in his thirties and he's like reminiscing about like, high school football where he was like the quarterback or something. Uh, It's like, that's kind of where we're at, where instead of moving on, people are like, it was so good back in 2015. It was so exciting. You could get so many followers by 
by saying the same stuff over and over again back in 2016, I'm just going to keep doing that because like they saw people get successful off of doing that. And instead of, because they're not really thinking, they're not really like being honest. They're more just trying to, you know, cultivate a following. They're just pretty much uh, like mimics, you know? Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I mean, I think like, you know, you mentioned like sort of like bodybuilder accounts that they in particular um, have like a real investment in sort of like, like, a myth like not and not that it's a, a dumb thing at all but like if mm-hmm. you see like they often post like good morning we're gonna win like what are you gonna win yeah like, we're, there's yeah. nothing to win <laughs> but it, i mean i think it it sh- and then there is that one there's this like one zero hp lovecraft tweet or thread that i can't like really get out of my head where he mm-hmm. like says bap is a king and that uh-huh. was sort of when i realized like people minimize the internet because like for this guy, like even if BAP's like not like literally replacing religion for these people, like that you could even make the comparison flippantly shows that like, he's really important to a lot of people and they need it yep. as some kind of guiding light and it's real to them. Yeah. And, and I, I do like BAP a lot. I think he's really funny. Um, and I think his like, his kind of point of view that kind of, you kind of have to go out and, do things yourself you can't just wait for you know xyz to happen um is really good for a lot of people who otherwise are like passive um but i think it's it's back to that that point of essentially um you know you can post you know about ted kaczynski all day and and, uh oh we need to you know revolt or at the end of the day it's like bap mike mob me uh, pretty much anybody who's selling stuff online, um, we make our money doing online stuff. Like I make money off of Amazon. Um, so does BAP, so does Mike Ma, that sort of stuff. Um, if, uh, I'm not of the, of the persuasion that you can like go blow up like telephone, uh, things (laughs) or, you know, bomb Amazon warehouses or that sort of thing. But of the people who are, it's like, you guys do realize that like the people you look up to and think are like awesome. It's like, that's how they make their money. Like, it's not like, like if you have an actual collapse, if you have like an actual thing, all these people who are making, you know, a crazy amount of money um, off the internet, their income goes away. And the people who are the audience would probably be wise to think, Hmm, is this, is this revolutionary who's making money off of uh, Kindle sales or Amazon direct publishing sales or Gumroad or, or Patreon. Um, this person telling you about like revolting against society. Um, do you think they're sincere? Do you think they're, you know, if they're selling shirts, if they're drop shipping shirts, do you think they want um, the internet to go down? If they're all their money is being made off the internet. Um, there's like a disconnect between uh, the, reality of uh these people myself included um it's not it's not like for me like i've never said uh oh we need to destroy the internet because i don't think like that's just not real that's not feasible (laughs) um but there's a disconnect between the audience thinking that like uh the people selling them stuff actually want uh some sort of like crazy um revolution and the income source of the people telling them that uh (laughs) Which is like, you know, that's like the most ginger way I can put it. Um, I mean, I, I I think maybe like the to play devil's advocate, like I don't, I don't really have a horse in this race, but like, mm. I think it's like, 
well, this is, you know, they're making do with the tools they have in this moment. But when the collapse does come, whether the person brings it on themselves or it happens, you know, through a series of whatever needs to happen for the collapse to finally arrive, like then they will be, they will triumph. Like these are the people we should look to. Yeah, then the people who make their money off of uh, digital media will become warlords. Which is, look, I don't, who am I to say? I, I'm a big fan of like John Zerzan, who's an anarcho-primitivist and yet has all the time in the world to go on podcasts and YouTube channels. Yeah. So like. Oh, and I'm not, I'm not yeah, yeah. I'm not, um, but, but then that's the thing. Like the, the thing I'm saying is like, I think we're, we're getting to the point where the excitement of like certain, like, you can't say that. Oh, but I just did uh, sort of. <laughs> Uh, person is um, all that like the offensive stuff like that goes against that might get you in trouble that might get you censored or might ruin your life or whatever it's been said um, it stuff has been abdicated for and it's pretty much as time as every year goes on and stuff gets worse and and it's more self-evident that this, this stuff is not happening and it's like this stuff is not going anywhere uh once it becomes real like you look at like january 6th or whatever which you know wasn't like a a crazy thing but like once any like real world thing demonstration or something happens that gets shut down um this stuff can only live in like the like the like just the virtual oh you know you know if i was there i would have beaten him up that sort of thing like that like yeah no i think you're right i think it like has to be this like fantasy you're always working yeah towards. and 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 to people who care people who are the like the audience who are serious who are not just you know oh, cocaine nationalism uh cocaine <laughs> my my mom's beach house nationalism uh the people who are actually looking for solutions like they they think their life is like, getting worse and it probably is and they don't see options and they're looking for some sort of like political solution or non-political solution, quote unquote. Um, those people who are actually looking for serious figures and people who are actually talking about things, honestly, this sort of stuff where it's just like, just completely fantastical, completely, uh, you know, it sounds, it sounds cool. Um, but people who have real world experience and kind of have been beaten down by life, uh, and kind of have been around these circles for years and seen that nothing's getting better and a few people are getting rich off of it. Like to those people, it's like, they're just going to lose interest and be like, all right, like screw this. I'm going to go, you know, play video games or I'm going to go kill myself. Um, rather than listening to the same people talk about the same sort of revolution, you know, that's not, it's, it's not real. It's not happening. Do you remember like, God, I don't even know when this was, but it was definitely like, super pre-Trump, um, but it wasn't so long ago that you're too young to remember it, where, like, there was all these weird blogs that were, like, kind of, like, who was, like, eco-fascists and stuff, and it was, like, people saying just, like, insane shit, but it kind of felt, like, cozy in a way, or, like, mm-hmm. you kind of got the impression, like, oh, this guy's actually, like, out in the woods and might, like, murder someone. This is, like, serious <laughs> shit, but also, like, kind of charming in, like, a weird way. I feel like I bring this up all the time. Nobody remembers it. <laughs> I don't remember that. I, to be honest, I never really, like, prior to Trump, I wasn't really super involved in politics, or, and I'm still not super involved in politics, but I was never really part of any conversation or it was never super interesting to me. I was was more interested in uh, technological stuff and trying to see if I could uh, get involved with stuff that was interesting to me in like a creative sense. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is just like my own consumption habits and like a certain, like in the 2010s were just Mm -hmm. like crazy blogs and 
and like kind of DIY seeming forums. And like, it just wasn't actually a thing. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's a real thing. Um, it's just uh, for me around that time, I was, I was looking at like development blogs and that sort of thing. Are you a, are you a developer? Yeah, I do some uh, developing. I do like Python, uh, that sort of stuff. And, you know, C sharp, uh, that sort of thing. Oh, wow. So you're like, you're, you're pretty, you're pretty serious. You're not doing baby stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's once again, it's one of those situations where it's like, I'm uh, it's similar to writing where I'm competent and I, I know what I'm doing, uh, but I also uh, it's hard for me to find a uh, project or a group of people that'll that'll you know um, live in reality. Um, I uh, I'm very affable on an individual level, but I'm, I'm very. Same thing with like uh, these online circles. Um, I'm not able to put up with. Um, it's it's very hard for me to to lie about what I think about stuff, um, and so that's very hard in tech stuff, uh, and very hard in in those social circles um, because my worldview and my uh, approximation of where things are headed is very. Uh, pessimistic and I don't really view like tech people as like these the positive influences on the world um, which makes it very you know everyone wants to think of themselves as like I'm making the world better I'm you know making something amazing it's going to be crazy whereas for me I'm very like uh, uh, negativistic in the sense where it's like I think most like tech is like making things worse and I don't really I don't think that's like the fault of the people making it. I just think like the stuff that works actually actually works because it's more addictive and it's more just by uh, by virtue of it winning. It's probably something that's going to make things worse for most people. I th- I think I'm with you on that. I mean, like I I mean I both like love and have like a deep fear and hatred of of tech. Like it's mm-hmm. just, I mean just like so like unambiguously is like ruined everybody's life and now oh, I just yeah. like I I've decided to lean all the way in and <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, no for me it. yeah. It's it's uh like I I'm I like like systems and like engineering in in terms of like you know building systems that will uh, direct things and and set things up in certain ways and and that sort of thing. And I, and I like computer uh, engineer, software engineering in that respect because it's very logical. It's very, you know, you know if it works, you know if it doesn't work. Um, but I'm also, uh, I kind of have the, the, a view. Um, and, and that's not uh, just like a social stuff too. Like my outlook on stuff and my uh, awareness of certain things uh makes it very hard for me to even see myself in a, uh, a corporate environment uh, for this stuff because I just can't, um, I just, life is too short and I, I don't have the tolerance uh, for um, just like lying all the time um, about what I think. And um, you're, you're aware, like I'm aware of, of like, like the Silicon Valley sort of uh, environment and like the values that sort of, they're kind of very stilted or tilted in in one very particular direction. And you, in order to function in like an office environment or around people doing that sort of stuff, 
you either have to believe that stuff, be like a true believer or just like put up with it and not bring up any stuff. And it's like, for me, I can't, uh, I just don't, I'm once again, it's that thing where I can't, um, it's very hard for me to participate or be around people where, you know, being honest would result in me being called like a bunch of horrible things and seen as like some, like the next coming of Hitler or something. Uh, like it's very, like I can't really function in that environment. You have a very like old school tech vibe though. I bet like you would, I mean, there's a lot of startups that I, I can even like name, you know, name them. Right. I can think of mm. off the top of my head where like they, I mean, I got, I, I was going to tell an anecdote, but I can't tell the anecdote without revealing the company. So never mind. Yeah, um, yeah you don't do but, that. But uh, whoops. But I, I mean, I think I think there's a lot of pushback, especially in the startup scene. And everyone will say like, oh, Web3, Web3. But like not even like you, just like any like small company that's just like a bunch of dudes doing something they believe mm-hmm. in. I think I think it's like once you people say it's like once you get HR, but I actually think it's like once you start getting recruiters, like people who you pay to like go get, you know, go get new employees. That's when the culture tends to shift um, in my experience. Um, But well, it's also, it's like any like successful tech stuff is going to be uh, interfacing with like normal quote unquote people. And um, quote unquote normal people, the, the values and the kind of what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, what's kind of accepted as that sort of thing. It's so far out of line with anything I think is like uh, related to like reality, like cause and effect as it actually works as opposed to how people wish it worked. um, That I think like it's a very, uh, I'm in, I'm in a very interesting place where it's like, I'm competent in tech stuff. Um, but I'm not, uh, I just, I don't have that uh, ability to uh, play the game as most people would want to play the game because I just can't, uh, you know, I'd rather, uh, you know, slip my wrists, <laughs> uh, to be frank, than um, just like live a life where it's just like, I'm like totally gimped. Like, like if you look at my, my Twitter stuff, like, if I, if I was like gainfully employed in like some sort of thing, like I couldn't be doing what I'm doing. I couldn't be saying what I'm saying because, you know, it's not, it doesn't work. It doesn't work with like corporate techno, uh, uh, corporate like standards. Um, and it wouldn't be in a good environment for, you know, people working next to me, that sort of thing. Um, I'm, my personality is, you know, I'm very, I get along with people very well and I, I am, you know, I'm not going to, I don't pick fights with people for no reason. Um, but I'm also somebody who most people would, you know, eventually they're, they're going to see something I write where it's like, they're going to get freaked out or they're going to get upset. Um, that sort of thing. And it's just, it's not a, uh, you know, I wish it was, I wish it was a different way, but like the time I'm born into and the, the, you know, perspective I have or beliefs I have, that sort of thing are just not, um, I'm in order for, if I'm honest or if I want to maintain my uh, autonomy in terms of being able to say what I want to say, I'm pretty much like persona non grata in most uh, polite company at this point. Um, Just like that's, that's just like the truth of it. (laughs) Yeah. It's um, I I mean, it's, it sucks that there's like a certain etiquette you need to, 
I mean, there's like, there's a line, right? Where like, you understand, well, like, of course you can't like, I don't know, just walk into an office and shout like a racial slur, but that you can't yeah. like criticize. You can, but it's not a great idea. Sure. You get fired. In- yeah. Instantly. Yeah. <laughs> but you, but you also, we're also like, you can't like criticize like a legitimately like absurd advertisement either. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and it's just like, like I said, it's like, I'd rather, um, a big thing in like my books, especially like my, after like the first one, um, I go into a lot more is I'm trying to build some sort of, uh, existence and some sort of, uh, life where I'm free to be behave how I want to behave. Not because like how I want to behave is some sort of like madman that's like, you know, screaming the N word and like, you know, flashing people in public or something. Um, but I want to know that like, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather be, uh, I'd rather be poor and, uh, able to go to sleep at night knowing that like, I don't have to worry about like, Oh, is, you know, am I going to be called into HR? I'm going to be, you know, is somebody going to have a problem with some joke I made or something? Um, then to be, rich or well off and hate myself because I am pretty much just like a, you know, I'm like a, a, in a mental gimp suit where, you know, I have to pretend, you know, everything is good and I have to pretend I'm happy with the way things are going. And I think I'm optimistic and that sort of thing. Um, I, I really can't, uh, I, I value my um, autonomy and my uh, ability to, you know, um, be a real person, you know, and, I like just be a real person for better or worse, whether that's like being happy or being sad or being, you know, um, disagreeing with whatever the, the social norms are of, you know, whatever fad is happening, you know, uh, that sort of thing. Like it just, I can't, uh, money I've never, uh, it's nice to have, but it's not nice to have in exchange for, you know, that your, your soul, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. Um, the I, I've I've had you here for like a a, a long time. Like we're we're on like minute like seventy four. Um, mm-hmm. So I want it before. So before I I like rope you into like a, a two hour thing. Um, Delicious tacos and I uh, would love to have you contribute to one of our advice columns. Hopefully yeah. this week actually. Um, but before we we wrapped this podcast up. Um, I was wondering if you wanted to do a question just for fun. Sure. All right. I have like, I have a long, a long list here. Let's, let's go for a, a low hanging fruit one. How do you make a man happy? That's a, if I knew the answer to that, <laughs> I'd be much happier. <laughs> um, I think giving them purpose, like having a, like, like that's like the, my main gripe or my main, uh, I don't want to be like super serious or whatever, but uh, yeah, no. Uh, having them like, have like a reason to get up and do stuff um, uh, because, you know, for me, like that's like a big thing. It's like where, uh, where, where is the reason to do something? Um, and, you know, if you look around society, I think that's for a lot of guys, like that's why they're miserable. It's like, uh, you know, it seems like, you know, most of, most of the stuff going on is just ridiculous. Like, like just to be honest, like it just seems like a bad joke. Uh, you know, the, the opportunities people have and the, 
you know, ways they can like go about their day. It's like, it seems like most, like there's really not many opportunities for guys to uh, kind of uh, take on risk or take on any sort of like project in a meaningful way uh, that they care about. Um, but maybe that's just me, but yeah, I think give them some sort of like purpose. That sort of thing for a lot of, for a lot of guys, it's like having a family providing for like kids, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you. Um, it seems like men are, it's, it's men do much better with like something to do versus like emotional comfort in like the traditional, like yeah. sort of feminine sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big, um, you know, I'm here. Like I want to be doing something. I don't want to be, uh, sitting around. I don't want to feel like, um, what I'm doing is pointless. Like I want there to be some sort of like, all right, I do this and then this happens and it makes sense. And that's fulfilling. Do you think if like we, we figured out a way to, um, you know, like give lots of men something to do that could help solve the like incel dilemma or is that just a whole other issue? Um, I don't, so I don't, I, know, I don't really get the incel thing to be honest. Um, <laughs> I don't like, totally get it yeah. either because I like last time I was like really like on the dating market. I felt like any like this was years and years ago, but it was like any man could have any girl, but it wasn't the opposite wasn't true. So I was like very confused once I like I was very confused when incels became like a bigger thing. Like I, I have a lot of compassion for them and I believe their self reports, but also like I seem to remember it being harder for women. Mm-hmm. You know, I I wouldn't say i don't know if it's harder for women but i think it's more like if you're like a quote-unquote incel or you can like for me like i really don't i haven't had that sort of problem but like from the reason i don't think i've had the problem it's not because i'm like amazing looking or something like that or rich i'm definitely not rich um it's more just like if you're a guy you just have to have something you have to be passionate about some sort of project or some sort of like thing that's not you know playing video games or not like uh, boring, some sort of something that's not consumptive. Like you have to have some sort of like spark of life in you. Uh, <laughs> and once you have that, I think um, you just naturally have like a, a sort of, um, I wouldn't say a lure, but a sort of, you know, selling point to you that most women like, even like, like that's like the big thing for me. It's like, I, I uh, you know, my life has been very tumult- like tumultuous and like a lot of ups and downs and like, issues and that sort of thing but like I've never had really like a problem um with that sort of stuff because for me like uh the fact that my life has not just been going to a cubicle and then coming home and getting drunk and watching tv or sports or playing video games that sort of stuff um that's just naturally uh that just I think it's just like incels just need to do do stuff um and I think it might just it might just be that for most guys, they're not naturally creative or that sort of stuff. But um, you really kind of have to, you know, whether it's like playing guitar or like playing piano or writing or, you know, working on a project or going hiking or just having something that's like interesting that's not, uh, that shows that you're like alive. Uh, and I think you'll be fine. I could be wrong. That could be totally off. No, I mean, I think, you know, that, that, tie, that ties right back into how to make a man happy. So maybe like, get chicks by giving yourself some kind of purpose. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess 
I'll, I'll save the more interesting questions for the, the written column so we could all, like, all three of us can go off and, you know, <laughs> just overwhelm these poor uh, advice seekers with, like, three radically different yeah. <laughs> things. Uh, it was great to talk to you and to um, to have you on. I, I, I appreciate you you coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was uh, very fun. Um, once again, sorry for my, my voice is a bit uh, froggy, but... Well, that makes two of us, so, you know, it happens. Yeah, it happens.